Welcome to the fifth episode of Irish Down Under, where we are joined by Sarah Rowe from the Collingwood Magpies. We've just ticked over the halfway point in the 2021 AFL Women's season, and the Pies are yet to be defeated. Well, according to Sarah, who debuted at the Pies in 2019, this string of form and success is definitely not something that has happened overnight. Sarah is now in her third season with the club and spoke to Jim and Mike about her team's improvement over these past few years, life in Australia outside of footy, such as going to the beach and eating gelato, and also the increased awareness and support of the sport back home. Welcome back to the AFL Europe podcast and for another segment of the Irish Down Under series. This time we are joined by Collingwood superstar Sarah Rose. Sarah, thanks so much for your time. No problem. Thanks for having me on. I guess we'll uh, we'll get into the, the, the big details first off. You missed the weekend's game with a shoulder injury. How's it progressing and what's the likelihood of you getting back for the remain the back end of the season? Yeah, it's it's likely that I will get back in. I suppose that you know there's a slight chance of playing this weekend, but it's looking like the week after that. And um, so I had trouble with it in preseason. I've had previous trouble with my shoulder three years ago and had surgery on it. So it's not it's not the trustiest of things. But um, I think now with a lot of rehab and strength training and a few painkillers that I'll get by over the next uh, two or three weeks. So I'm looking forward to getting back out in the track, I suppose. It's always different when you're in rehab. You're kind of, you know, a bit more separate from the group and stuff. So I'm looking forward to getting back out there. Sure, we saw the Pies go 5-0 and zero at the weekend. Obviously, absolutely phenomenal. Um, the only unbeaten team in the competition now. There's obviously a great uh, buzz and atmosphere about the group and the team and stuff. I saw an interview with Steve after the game last night and he described the team as a work in progress and developing. So that's pretty scary for everybody else. But um, obviously it's a phenomenal season so far. And, and what you put that success down to and the improvements that the Magpies have shown from the previous couple of seasons? Well, I suppose if I was to look at my time being with Collingwood over the last three years, like so much has changed and improved over time. And it hasn't just been that, you know, everything has essentially clicked this year. It's been, it has been a work in progress. And like that, you know, we still don't think we're at our 100% max as to where we want to get to. So as a group, I think um, the first year was all about kind of breeding young players and getting younger players in. And then the year after that was like, okay, can we implement a game plan? We got a new coach and Steve obviously came in and, you know, changed the culture essentially of of our team as well and you know the way we go about things and the standards that we set in training so he came in and helps that along with you know really good leadership and stuff in the team as well and then this year you know we drafted a good few young players who brought in a different energy again like a kind of I suppose carefree but you know willing to learn work hard attitude as well which has been really refreshing as well so we've a really good youth uh, mix of youth and experience and also a lot of players who've played at the top level and, you know, other sports and stuff, and they've brought a lot to the table as well. So I think overall, it's just a really good synergy within the group. And, you know, we always describe ourselves as a, quite a weird bunch, but we're all so different and unique and we all kind of bring something different to the table. And I think that's what's fun about our group is, you know, there's always kind of a laugh and joke. And while we are working hard towards, you know, ultimately the same goal, it's like we have a lot of fun doing it as well. And I think that is really important. When you came back to from preseason training this year, when you first arrived, did you get a feeling that this year would be a little bit different for Collingwood? Did you feel like there's a different energy around the club, or has it sort of built on week on week to the point where now you're a serious challenge for the Premiership? Well, that's actually what I said to our coach when I was in quarantine. Like, get a Zoom call with them, and I was like, from the outside looking in, this is what I see, and I think that there seems to be a really good vibe 
in the camp and I can see and feel that from someone who's not even there yet so then obviously coming into it I was like oh what do I expect and you know how will it be and it was better than I expected even from what I had seen from the outside looking in so I think that has been really important I think if there's a lot of care and trust within a group it's much easier to go about your business and try succeed succeed things together as one and that's the way that's the way we're playing at the moment when you see you know people doing I suppose non-talent related acts they're all adding up into you know really small moments that ultimately get us over the line so I think it's all about that it is all about a team effort obviously we've loads of stars in our team but we have also loads of people who, who play their role really well and you know I think everyone's very important in that and there's also players who aren't playing at the moment who are pushing for spots as well so I think like that it's been a complete work in progress but I think we're kind of just taking one week at a time and we're really focusing on ourselves. So like, obviously, yes, it's great to be five and zero, but you know, there's, there's no room or no time or anything to think that that's it. Like, it's like, it's about, for us, it's about, you know, review tonight, making sure that goes well, making sure Wednesday night training goes well. And if we train well on Wednesday and we train well on Friday, ultimately we bring it into the game. So it is about the small things daily and doing them well and not thinking too far ahead of that and you know it, it, all it could take is to lose one game two games three games and all of a sudden you're on the back foot again so it's very important that you know you keep the head with all this as well see obviously there's a, a great depth of talent in the squad Sarah and obviously there are those big names and the midfield is absolutely phenomenal and there's a high possibility that the full midfield could be all Australian this year which is unbelievable the three girls yeah. obviously you, you flip between forwards and midfields a bit yourself but as more and more people are watching the game here at home now they're starting to understand the different lines between defence mids and forwards um, from your own role how does your week work with the forwards in terms of the specific work you do with that group and what would be your kind of main KPIs that you guys are aiming for in, in a game scenario well, yeah, I think um, I think from Irish people looking in, they probably watch it a bit like a Gaelic football game. And I think probably in my first year as well, I would have watched it like that and said, maybe this is the way things should be done. But at the same time, actually, while there's similarities in the game, they're so different as well. So in terms, but at, in terms of like a forward structure and all that, obviously it's all about keeping your structure, but also having that, I suppose, making sure that we're making blocks for each other and that we can have that. And synergy between our group and but also for us it's about you know keeping the ball in our half and also defensive acts so I think if you can start if forwards can be defensive like it just opens up the game completely and it sets the tone for the rest of the team normally they say let, let it start from the back but we like to think you know the, the defensive action and then non-talent related acts start from the forwards up there is uh, one forward that I must ask you about. I don't know if you know much about her. Ash Sheridan seems to be going really well. What can you tell us about Ash's season? <laughs> she's, um, yeah, she's having a, an amazing season. Um, and I absolutely credit to her because she works extremely hard. And she's your perfect example of an athlete who, you know, lives and breathes it and works really hard towards her goals every single day. And, you know, living with her, I've lived with her in college for three years and then live with her out here as well and it's like that it's about the small things that you do daily and you know she definitely practices what she preaches and that so I think that's ultimately what's got her to you know I suppose have this a consistent season like she's had so far and long may it continue. 
Uh, Sarah, obviously it's great to have Ashlyn there and, and as you said, she's flying this season again and, and you guys have been um, inseparable across the last few years and that. Um, are you getting much feedback from here at home? Obviously, TG Carr has shown the games now. This weekend, there was two full games deferred on both Saturday and Sunday and we have a highlight show coming up on Monday night, all seven games. This has been going on now from the start of the season. There's a huge exposure of the game here that people might have been aware of before. It's great for the likes of us at AFL um, Ireland Women's. Obviously, we're getting huge inquiries, but also in terms of um, your own friends and families back home, we can see the likes of Ash's dad is now one of Collingwood's biggest fans on Twitter and stuff. <laughs> Are you getting much of that feedback from home of people seeing the games um, and a lot more interest? Yeah, 100%. Like so many people are messaging me on Instagram and stuff, like people who I would have never thought would ever have any interest at all in watching the games. And I think there's been so much, I suppose, like influx of positive messages and people saying it's so good. And especially because Ireland are going through a lockdown at the moment as well, you know, when times are tough and there's not as much sport as people love. And, you know, we love sports so much in Ireland that it's like, it's great to have something or any one that you're familiar with and that people can watch and say, well, that's an Irish girl or whatever. So I think there's always been a really strong bond between Ireland and Australia and Aussie rules and Gaelic football. So I think that having it on TG Cahar just really highlights that. And I think, you know, it's really, the game has improved so much over the last two or three years as well. And I think it's really, it's, it's, it's a great showcase and um, for people to watch. But I'm, yeah, I am definitely blown away by the, I saw support we have received over the last um, couple of weeks. We spoke last week to, to Laura McGee, who's obviously in her first year at Melbourne, um, and she spoke of the challenges that she's faced, not only with you know coming out a bit later than normal, but also just finding her feet in the, in the system. Um, if you were to speak to her or to any other young Irish girls that were making the transition out for their first year and advice from a someone in their third year, what would you, what do you wish you knew back then that you, that, that you know now or that you'd pass on to one of those girls? I think no matter what way you look at it, like it's, it's going to be hard. And it's, there's so many reasons that um, at the start it's challenging. Like you're walking into a new environment in a team where you essentially know no one. Like obviously Lauren, Lauren is fortunate to have Goldie and Macker, but I suppose you're walking into a team environment, you don't know anyone, you don't know how things are done over here. You know, it is different. Irish Nazis get on great, but like our culture is different as well. So you're kind of, I suppose, very alone at the start. I like I remember my first season, I spent an awful lot of time on my own, but in that was such so much growth and development as a person, but also as an athlete. And I, you know, you just want to take in, take in as much as you can, learn as much as you can, ask as much questions. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions or be vulnerable in that way and be like, hey, I actually don't have a clue what I'm doing here. Or like I used to have to say to my coach, positive or negative, I need to know what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong because I actually don't even know the difference so at times I needed to be told if I ran off the shoulder was that the right thing is that what you wanted from me because it is a very structured game and like you know it's it's organized chaos it might, may look like chaos but it is organized whereas at home it's very much you know you play a bit more on instinct and you play a bit more off the cuff so for me I found that kind of a challenge at the start and also I was like, right, what can, I think the biggest thing is to control what you can. And, you know, that's making sure that your S&C is done right, that you're, you know, you're running fish, that you are eating well, that you're sleeping well. And, 
you know, that your mind is right, I suppose, and you're you're working on that side of your game. So they're all the things that you can control because when you come out, there's so much other things that you can't control. And then it's about learning the basic skills and, and executing them really well and zoning in on that and not over-focusing on the complications that will be thrown at you because you will be overloaded with information. But it's for me, it was always about the really basics being done really well. And I think I journaled the whole way through the process of my first year and I still do it. But it's funny to look back on my notes as to what I was thinking at the time or what I was feeling because it's, you know, it's, it's, I suppose, chalk and cheese from now. Like now it's all about the finer details and the other, the things that I, I suppose you can gain edges on other ways. But um, at the start, it was very basic stuff. And I think that's really important just to, to focus on the really, really simple aspects of the game. Obviously, a lot, of, a lot of the things we get asked here, we see people with all more eyes on you guys down there now. They're, we're all very jealous of the lifestyle and the weather and the walks on St. Kilda and all of that. So there's a lot of interest in what you guys do in your downtime. And I see you found some nice gelato spots as well by the looks of it over the last couple of weeks. Um, so tell us a bit about that. But also, I know you've, um, you've done some studies yourself across the last couple of years. So maybe if you want to tell us uh, what you've done and how that's gone for you. Yeah, so life over here is like it's it's just completely normal, more or less. Like you know, you wear masks in supermarkets, but that's about it. And I think when coming out of quarantine, you know, you're so used to just focusing on yourself, focusing on your family, and I suppose essentially not really having to think about too much more than that because of lockdown. So when I came out, I was a bit like, wow, I have so many people to catch up with. Like life is going a hundred miles an hour again. How do I adapt to this? So I thought it was actually quite strange to realize that, you know, you do adapt to whatever situation you are in at the time. But life over here is, you know, cafes are open, bars are open, everything is completely normal. So that way has been great and being able to just, I suppose, live your life. Um, and then so in our downtime, it would be like, you know, we'd have physio, you'd go to the beach, you'd go for brunch, coffees, and meet up with a few of the Irish, a few of the Irish lads are out here as well. So we'd all, I suppose, you know, interlink as well. And then um also making friends and trying to put yourself out in, in other areas and enjoying Aussie life for me is like, you know, I think you can learn so much from different people and different perspectives. And there's an awful lot of that. Like people are far different over here. And I really enjoy that side of things as well. So having friends outside football too, for me, is important to switch off from the game too, because, you know, you can't always be focus, focus, focus. So that's been important. And then in terms of the studies that I've done, um, I did that last year and um, I started taking on clients. So it's NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. So it's all about the subconscious mind and how we communicate with ourselves and how we communicate with others. And, you know, essentially that voice in your, your head that tells you that you can't versus the one that tells you you can. So it's about channel, channeling that voice and being able to, I suppose, control it. And, you know, we have something like 50,000 thoughts a day and 30,000 of them are negative. So it's how we react and deal with that 30,000 is ultimately what makes, I suppose, the most successful um, and also just normal people just living their life and trying to be better versions of themselves or succeed more in their working life or their relationship or whatever it is. So it's like about, I suppose, analyzing all the areas of your life, like, you know, your career, your relationships, your training, your health, your fitness, your sleep, your physical environment. So looking at all the areas of your life and kind of saying, right, if one's not right, normally it kind of has a rippling effect on the others. So it's just about trying to get the, I suppose, very best out of people. And I've really enjoyed it. I've always found myself in a team environment being really interested in people's behaviours and why people do the things that they do. 
nine times out of ten it's not because of what happened right in front of you what you see there's normally something behind you know if someone reacts at training in a funny way I like people might say why is that and like nine times out of ten something might have went on that day or that week and and um, it's normally a bit deeper than what you see at face value so I think for me I've always been really intrigued by that and um, that's probably why I went on to study it and it's been helpful for me and just helpful I suppose just love working with people and trying to get the best out of people around me. I guess Sarah that a lot of people do see the the, the lifestyle photos and the you know the fun games and all that sort of stuff but I guess for a lot of the for all the Irish girls out in the AFLW, it is a huge sacrifice back home in Ireland. So, what are you sort of missing out on back home? I guess you know, career-wise, study-wise, is it you know, what sort of commitment for people that are thinking about it potentially in the future? What do you have to consider? I think that is definitely a big consideration because, like you essentially are living two separate worlds for six months of the year. So you can't really hold down too much in either place because you can't commit to anything. So even like at the end of season now, right? Okay. Uh, footy's over, you know, you're essentially out of a job. So you go home and you're like, okay, like I'm a qualified teacher as well, but probably don't have too much interest in it now, but I am a qualified teacher. And if I was to go and work in it, you know, it's summer when I get home. So, I wouldn't have a job. So you're kind of in no man's land at at months in the year. But so, yeah, I think that's the thing that you have to consider. It's like, okay, how long can you do this for? And, you know, are you going to commit to playing AFL for another 10 years or whatever, but keep living kind of separate lives? Or do you commit to one and, you know, stay out here for a bit longer or and like get a job or something in the off season? Or do you commit to being at home and getting a full-time job as well? So they are definitely things that you have to consider. And, probably ones I've been thinking about over the last um probably two years I've been like well, what what do I want ultimately to get out of this or for my career long term you obviously touched on it there Sarah in terms of it's pretty much two separate worlds um even even from living your life and jobs and everything how is that translating then in terms of the sport you've probably done three switch-ups now between AFL back to GA back to AFL back to GA um, how are you finding that? Does it get any easier? Have you kind of a, a system for one to the other? Or are you like just focus on one sport and then you turn the switch and you go to the other one? I do. I normally focus on one and then turn to the other because I find sometimes, it's, again, like an overload of information um, from both. And you're trying to keep up with teammates on both sides as well. And it can just be a small bit overwhelming at times. And I think also um, when you come home, it's like, you go straight back into Gaelic football. I think it's great. I absolutely love that I can play both. But, you know, you obviously have question, there's question marks in my head at the moment, purely down to the fact that I've had more injuries than normal. So you're obviously going to question, you know, is this going from back-to-back seasons all the time and essentially getting off the plane and going straight to Mayo training? You know, how do you do it? How can I manage it better? And how can you manage your body better? Because you do put your body through a lot as well. Um, I suppose I'm only 25 but the older I get the harder that'll get so it's like um, again I probably think and I've spoke to you know Mayo about this we have new Mayo management um, in this year which is great and we're probably going to have a bit more collaboration between I suppose both Collingwood and Mayo to um, I I suppose help assist that and kind of you know make sure that the information is clear across both because um, you need to I suppose have that one voice and that 
want that outlook for the player to say okay this is what they're doing for the year and you know structure training that way instead of being like you're in pre-season now and all of a sudden you're finished season you're in pre-season again you know there has to be deloading and upload and all that stuff as well so I think that's definitely something I want to zone in on and again each season but each season you learn something new and you take something different with you last season I used to kick the Gaelic football but football once a week and it would just make me comfortable and familiar with the ball and um, but as I said I wouldn't focus too much on it either between that and your journals uh Sarah there might be a career for career path for you as a transition specialist <laughs> I don't know about that now I'm absolutely no expert I'm still living and learning every single day of my life and I have not got there yet and I definitely don't have all the answers <laughs> Sarah, I know we chatted before and that you were getting a lot of young girls contacting you and stuff now at the moment. And we are here as well on front of the, the exposure on TV and stuff. A lot of teenage girls, um, 14 to 18, just getting in touch, saying they love the game and they'd like to try it and um, any advice and stuff. So we're obviously working on some plans here for an academy for that age group of players. But also then we have the, the more senior elite players still looking at opportunities to go out to AFLW. And we'll have some combine testing events coming up later in the year here in Ireland. Um, any advice from your point of view in terms of what's the best way to prepare? I know you've been killing the likes of the 2K time trial at Colin with the last couple of seasons and stuff. A lot of the players here are dreading the testing side of it a little and stuff. But in terms of um, just advice to anyone that's thinking of going along to a talent event or a combine, what would be your advice? Would you just tell them go for it? Or is there any specific preparation they should be doing in your view? Well, like you said, I think it's I think it's amazing that there's so many people contacting you like that. And like that's the type of messages that I get from young girls on Instagram saying, like, it's my dream to play AFL. I'm like, what? Like as in I'm can't believe that I suppose it's showcased that well that they see that opportunity. I suppose it's because it was never there for us when we were younger and all of a sudden it landed on our doorstep and here we are but it's like it's amazing to see that that people kind of see a pathway now and that you've created that with AFL Ireland and uh, like to have I suppose a pathway for girls to act if they want to excel in this opportunity that they can and you know there's somewhere that they can go for that so that's absolute credit to you for doing for setting up what you have and um, but I think I suppose for me it's like you know, I suppose watching the game would be one thing that would be great to, I suppose, understand it because I did find like the rules and I suppose the understanding of the game. And um, but I think also to trust your instinct as well on things as well and not get too caught up in that too. But for me, it's just getting the basics done well. But when you want to get fitter, when you want to get stronger, when you want to eat better, when you need to fix your mind, you have to go to a psychologist, a nutritionist, an S&C, and go to the people who are experts in their field because, you know, sometimes we try to do all these things ourselves and we think that we have all the answers. But I found over time that it's important to find people are in that space who you trust because you, you're not going to trust every strength and conditioning coach or every nutritionist, but find that person that works for you and make sure to go to them and ask as many questions as you can. Because if you can get physically really fit and really strong, you know, that's half the battle. And then after that, it's about picking up the game. What is the main difference, Sarah, just between sort of GAA and the physicality of AFL? What's the difference? Is there a lot more emphasis on weight training in the AFL or W or what's the sort of main difference that, that you've found? 
yeah, there's definitely more emphasis on weight training and like, you know, you can never prepare yourself for a 360 tackle. Like it's just, you know, in Gaelic football, you essentially get home, catch the ball and you have so much space and time and you're like, what are you now? You're nearly waiting for someone to jump on your back. So I think um, it's the weight training also much like it's long distance running, whereas in Gaelic, it's like fast, short, sharp stuff. Like, you know, we don't stop in Gaelic either, but it's like all, you know, your running will be 15 seconds on, 15 seconds off. Whereas I find myself over here doing like, you know, 10 and 12K runs um, with the S intervals, but just much longer and higher volume stuff. So that's the main difference for me. Great stuff, Sarah. Look at I. I just I one more question for me, or just a comment, just to say best of luck for the rest of the season. It's a pleasure to watch you guys from over here, and hope continuous success for the Magpies. I hope the shoulder works out over the next couple of weeks, and you get back for a blonde run and all the way up to finals. And um, just thanks for coming on and having a chat, and, and best of luck for the Magpies. Thanks, million. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's a pleasure. And as I said, like you're doing great work, and it's just great that the girls, any girls, young girls, have a pathway and um, to where they want to go next. So, and um, thanks for that as well, because you know we wish we had that when we were younger too. So, thank you very much.